0: We know what you want. You want to reach more customers and grow your business.
1: But the marketing and PR landscape is murky and confusing.
0: Now you can gain clarity with straight talk on the latest marketing and fundraising trends and technology from a true agency
1: pro. Brian Ernest from Amperage Marketing and Fundraising.
0: So amp up your marketing with the Amp Up Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Brian Ernest, and this is the Amp Up Podcast. Our topic today is healthcare marketing. Joining me once again is Ambridge's Vice President of Strategy, Aaron Bishop. Welcome, Aaron. Hi, Brian. Aaron, you and I talk healthcare, well, basically every day as we uh, work with a variety of our healthcare clients around the country. The last few years have been extremely challenging time for a lot of industries, but probably none more than healthcare and specifically hospitals and other providers. Hospitals have been faced with being on the front lines of COVID and have had their business models, well, basically turned upside down over the past few years. As you think about challenges that hospitals of all sizes faced, what comes to mind for you and and how do you see it all impacting marketing?
1: I think the biggest challenge that a lot of us are facing, but especially healthcare, is a lack of talent. There were a lot of nurses and other providers that chose to leave the profession during COVID, after COVID. I mean, they were already kind of finding the pinch on not having enough nurses, and COVID definitely did not make that any better. And that has really forced human resources and marketing to come together because they are having to think about new and different ways on how they recruit talent and how they find people. And even beyond finding the actual employees to work for them, more and more are starting to think about how do we encourage people to even go into this profession, right? Which is further aligning hospitals and colleges. And we're seeing more partnerships between hospitals and colleges to really get people into that profession. And then how do we market those programs? How do we recruit these employees How do we get these butts in our seats? Because if we don't, that greatly impacts the experience, which then in turn impacts the brand overall. So it's kind of a trickle-down effect. That's the biggest challenge that I see for sure.
0: That's a great point you make, Aaron, about talent and not only the talent gap and people who have stepped away from healthcare, but I've also wondered too about the transient nature now of... Healthcare providers, physicians, and nurses that have chosen to be these kind of providers on loan around the country. How that's changed the culture and the dynamics of healthcare delivery when these aren't people who are members of that community. Instead, they're coming in, treating patients. Being there for a week, a month, whatever, packing up and then getting out of there again. I just wonder what that will cause to that brand experience long-term.
1: I think we're already starting to see some impacts of that when we talk to our clients. When you're talking about the overall experience and a lot of our clients, that's one of their biggest differentiators, right? Is their experience is so much better than that of their competitors. And they are really, really struggling right now. They're struggling to get patients in and access to appointments because they don't have enough providers. Once patients are in, they're struggling to get them through the healthcare system, again, because they don't have enough providers to really deliver the experience that their patients and consumers in general have come to know and expect. That's a big obstacle. And there's a lot of things that marketing can do to help that, but there's a lot of things that they can't which is where we've also seen greater alignment between, I mentioned HR, but also greater alignment between people in administration, operations, and all of those other roles that are now coming together with marketing to figure out together how are we going to solve this problem from the ground level of how do we get providers in the door to how do we operationally deliver that experience to how do we talk to consumers and patients about
0: it. Yeah, you mentioned the term access, and I think the challenges around access, that whole disruption of patient flow, historically, healthcare has struggled in this area for a long time, but I think it's been highlighted or exacerbated by COVID and the expectations of patients. They, Like other industries, they want to be able to get online, find the doctor or the clinic or the hospital that they want to go to, they want to be able to schedule it. Have it show up on their calendar when they get there, their charts all up to date. They want it as easy as it is to book an airplane ticket or buy their groceries or order from Amazon. And historically, operationally, healthcare and hospitals specifically have just been behind the times in this area. And what you say about the intersection of that brand experience and The organization's overall strategy and that operational, I guess, mindset to bring brand and strategy together is just falling short for many. So we have a lot of hospitals and healthcare systems looking to explore their brand right now. Maybe if somebody was listening to this podcast and thinking about, boy, it's time to really evaluate our brand. What process do you recommend for any hospital that's looking to explore that?
1: Sure, a much deeper process than you would originally think of. (laughs) And I think we saw that starting to transition before COVID, but then we really saw it start to transition during COVID. And this isn't unique to healthcare, right? A lot of times any marketer would think of brand almost purely in terms of their visual identity. So font, colors, logo, tagline, images, like those sorts of things, design type things, tone and voice certainly all of the things that go into that brand identity package is how many would think of brand. Now we need to think of it much, much deeper. And as I said, the transition started happening before COVID, but COVID really pushed it to the forefront, especially with healthcare because of all of those challenges that we just mentioned. So to start with, you need to think of it much, much deeper and wider than your visual identity. We need to look at it from a strategy perspective and that goes all the way down to the healthcare strategy perspective. What does your culture look like? What does your mission and vision point to? What's your strategic plan? What are these foundational elements that are guiding what you do, how you do it, who you hire and how you train your people? That all falls into that strategy piece. We also need to take a look at operations. Operationally, how are things going? Any marketing director can say, or any, sometimes this comes for administration, right? Maybe you have an admin that's like, we need to push OB as an example. But if you can't get an appointment with an OB doctor, (laughs) that's not good right? If you have a pregnant mom who's calling to make an appointment with an OV doctor and she can't get in for four months, well, that's not actually a thing. She's going to go somewhere else. So some of those operational challenges all the way to your point on people want an Amazon-like experience in healthcare. So can they make an appointment online? When they call the phone number, does someone answer it and actually help get them to where they need to go? Are they informative? right? What does that operational experience look like? What sort of operational things do they have in place to deliver the experience? Because the experience is a huge part of your brand. As marketers, we can say a lot. We can almost say anything we want to. We might be in trouble for that, but we can put whatever we want on a billboard or in a digital ad, right? We can write web copy But if it doesn't ring true when someone actually experiences that brand, whether it's trying to make an appointment online or calling or when they walk in the door and how they're treated and how quickly they're able to be seen, you know, we're all busy people. No one wants to sit in the doctor's office for two hours waiting for their appointment. So what does that overall experience look like? What's the follow up? Is it a good experience? Because your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And what they say about you when you're not in the room has very little to do with your logo. And it has everything to do with the the experience that you have. So we need to take a look at all of those things. And it's that strategy, operations, and experience piece that really lead to that brand identity piece. And we need to make sure all of those things are in alignment. Otherwise, your brand isn't authentic at all. So to go back to your original question, where it starts is research, and we need to do a deep, dive into those three foundational things, strategy, operations, and experience to really uncover where are the areas that you're shining, where might there be sticking points that will hurt your overall brand reputation, what obstacles do we need to overcome, what messages do we need to really highlight, and then we can begin packaging those things into a brand identity.
0: Is there a particular kind of research you'd start with if we're looking at an organization's brand?
1: There's a couple of different ways. The most, and I shouldn't say the most important, but there are two very important pieces. One is by talking to those internal stakeholders. So let's go in, have one on one interviews that really dive into those three areas that I talked about. Sometimes these are one on one, sometimes they're kind of small group where it might be someone, one of us, and then a couple of Different stakeholders. Sometimes it's maybe a group of doctors or. Yes. And we need to talk to people from all levels, right? So I don't want to just talk to admins. I also want to talk to physicians. I want to talk to nurses. I want to talk to patient navigators. I want to talk to the people who are answering the phone. I'm certainly not suggesting that I need to talk to every single person in your organization, but a nice cross representation of different roles and responsibilities in the organization that all give a unique and different perspective on those three different areas.
0: And then balance that with the perspective of patients and caregivers, family members, community members, referring physicians, get that outside and inside perspective, right?
1: Absolutely. That's exactly where I was going next, is sometimes we can collect that information by doing a few patient interviews. Sometimes we might go out and do a community perception survey. Most hospitals also have patient satisfaction surveys. Some of them regularly do brand awareness surveys. We can learn a lot by taking a look at those other pieces of research and information that they likely already have that they don't necessarily think about when we go into something like this.
0: Oh, that's great, Erin. Thank you. You and I both, we work with a lot of marketing and marketing leadership as well as hospital leadership these days from a marketing perspective What are you hearing as their top priorities these days?
1: There is a lot about, we're talking a lot about brand. And when I say brand, I mean brand from a really holistic point of view, not just brand identity. It is all of those things because they're really, really beginning to understand and see the impact of what happens when those things aren't in alignment as far as strategy, operations, experience, and identity And a lot of times right now, especially those need to be brought into alignment. And how do we begin to do that is a big thing. Another big thing, as I mentioned, is recruitment. We're working with a lot of healthcare organizations on how do we help HR recruit from a marketing perspective. That's a big thing. I would say another big priority is that prevention and wellness and kind of monitoring and screening stages of a consumer journey. Again, we had started down this path before COVID as health insurance requirements change and all sorts of things. The healthcare dynamic was changing drastically anyway. But now there's an even greater importance on this because there are a lot of people that put off their prevention, wellness, screening appointments during COVID, which certainly isn't helping with access and patient experience and those sorts of things because They are having an increased number of patients because people have put off their care, and now they have a decreased number of providers, which really just adds to that overall kind of conundrum they're facing. So the more that marketing can get out there with prevention and wellness messaging and reminding people to get their regular checkups and to get their screenings and giving them healthy tips on how to stay healthy and well. So you don't need to go into the hospital. We're seeing a greater emphasis and an importance on just general health and well-being.
0: Those are great examples. You know, for me, and I'd I'd love your feedback, a couple that pop up for me, I can think of two. One is, you, you know, we continue to hear from so many of our healthcare clients. I think healthcare catching up with other industries from the standpoint of in the past, They could build awareness around a service line. They could promote new doctors, promote a new service, but actually showing that lead generation and conversions all the way through the system. I think about a campaign we did this past year for a state hospital association where it's great we've had hundreds and hundreds of views to a video we've seen an ad campaign that's had you know more than nine thousand video views from two different videos in healthcare traditionally you would think that is huge success right but healthcare systems today looking at also then how do i get it all the way down to the appointment level all the way down to a conversion that actually leads to an appointment leads to revenue and then that revenue can be tracked downstream That's huge. I think that's the next big frontier. It's here for many of the biggest systems, but I think even the smallest systems are looking to figure out how they can get those kind of conversions. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. And that's a great point, Brian. And I think it's also a huge challenge for our marketers. Yeah, it's certainly. That's not an easy thing to do when you're relying on a lot of other people to help connect those dots and really show that ROI. But I think hospital. And clinic leadership is demanding it
0: it also brings into play technology, right? A website that can allow you to do that, a mobile experience, a phone tree experience that can capture those leads and get them to the right place. It's all about that access piece we were talking about earlier. The other one we're finding, I think, is also, we're seeing a bridge happening between healthcare hospital marketing departments and the fundraising foundation side, where connecting a patient message, a community message, with a donor message and having greater linkage between the two. And I think organizations that are figuring that out, that they don't work independently, that they truly do work in a synergistic way are having even greater success.
1: I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think that also is a great example of healthcare in general has traditionally been very siloed and they're having to break down those silos between the various departments. Marketing and philanthropy is a great example marketing and operations, marketing and HR, even service lines between each other have to break down those silos because it's all intersected and it all has to work together. That's what your patients are expecting that it does. And in reality, it doesn't. And that can be a big struggle.
0: Before we wrap up today, Aaron, we also work with a lot of small, maybe more rural hospitals across the Midwest. Any particular challenges we're seeing for those maybe smaller rural hospitals?
1: Absolutely. I think recruitment is still a challenge there. Though ironically, in talking to some of our smaller, more rural hospitals, I think they're having better luck than some of our larger hospitals and larger metros. They're having better luck attracting and retaining employees. So I'm not quite sure why that is, but that's good news for them. I think their biggest challenge as a small rural hospital is they are constantly butting up against the hospitals in the larger metros that surround them and are having from a marketing and branding perspective, having to really demonstrate their value. Some of that value is inherent in that a lot of times they are the community's largest employer, right? And they Donate a lot of money to community organizations and nonprofits and things like that. But beyond that, they can't do those things if they don't have patients through their door. So they're really having to prove their value with regard to patient care and why patients should come to them versus going, you know, 30 miles down the road to the larger hospital that in all reality might have more specialties than they do. But there's a lot of care that our small rural hospitals do provide and they provide it really, really well. They need to constantly communicate that and consistently communicate that to consumers in their area. Otherwise, it can be easy to overlook those small rural hospitals when you're looking for care.
0: Yeah, great points, Erin. I think about those smaller players in the healthcare space really understanding their brand to the point where they understand their core, they understand their unique selling proposition, they understand the value that they bring and understanding continually demonstrating in an authentic way their relevancy in the communities they serve. When they do that and do that well, we found many of them to be really, really strong players. Any other thoughts on healthcare today?
1: Just one more comment on our rural hospitals, the more rural hospitals and some of the comments you just made. The other thing I would say is saying that we're close to home is not enough, (laughs) which is the trap that a lot of them will fall into. And that's not unique to healthcare either. But consumers already know you're close to home. They can see your big building there and they see your logo everywhere. But they need to know why they should come there for their care. And it can't just be because it's close to home. That magic word in marketing, why? (laughs) Exactly. And that's probably my final parting thought is that's really what healthcare needs to take a really close look at is why, because that's what consumers are asking. Why? Why should I? Why should I get my care there? Why should I go to that doctor? And they have to be able to answer that question.
0: As always, great information today, Aaron. Thank you. I love the conversation. Hey, let's do this again.
1: Sounds good. Thank you,
0: Brian. Well, that's it for today's Amp Up podcast. If you like what you've heard on our podcast, please share it. Go to com. Also, if you get a chance, please rate and review us. We appreciate any feedback. On behalf of all of us at Ambridge, thank you. Check in on another podcast and we will help you move the needle.